You're listening to the Irish Times. It is here, Pat. It's the Six Nations Preview Podcast. Best, most wonderful time of the year. Exactly. Our national sport in, in our competition we <laughs> care about the most. Say, yeah. uh, here we are, uh, the week of the opener against uh, England on Saturday. We have our best men in. Gavin Comiskey is here. Jerry Thorney is here. How are you doing, lads? Good. Good. We're not claiming this is our national sport. <laughs> I. It strikes me, it strikes me, Jerry, it strikes me, Jerry, that... that we're looking at this Six Nations this year and the team seem, everybody seem, seems to be in a good place. We'll, we'll leave Italy out of it. But everybody else seems to be getting their ducks in a row. Presumably it's a World Cup year. You know, everybody's got to have a certain notion of where they're going anyway. But the quality here this year looks, looks to be very high before a game is played. I can't ever remember a Six Nations where the second, third and fourth ranked, fifth ranked teams in the world are all competing in the Six Nations. Mm. I don't ever remember that happening before and I'm pretty sure it hasn't happened before. And yes, you, the one thing's always striking about being at the Six Nations launch and I was there at that quote fest last week in the Hurlingham Club and everybody is so optimistic, even Conor O'Shea because he's mm. just an innately optimistic person and all the other five have reasons to be cheerful, not least Ireland with the Grand Slam under the belt, defending champions, two in the world unbeaten autumn, Wales nine wins in a row, England welcoming Billy Vunapola back, their saviour, um, maybe Man- Manu Laggy as well, looking in, in good nick after three wins out of four in the autumn them, expected to be going better in the Six Nations. France, despite losing at home to Fiji, um, you look at their squad and mm. you wonder, how on earth has this country not won a title in nine years? And the Scots, really, really on fire. You know, Finn Russell on fire with Racine, Stuart Hogg back on, on fire. Uh, Greg Laidlaw over with the Clermont Auvergne, the top 14 leaders. Their two province regions going really well, both qualifying for the Champions Cup for the first time ever. So yeah, but just, you know, bear one factor in mind. In the last three years, France, Wales and England have, in turn, finished fifth. A really good country is mm. going to finish fifth. I always bear that in mind. You would, the one thing you'd say about Ireland is they're the least likely to finish fifth. You would imagine so, yeah. Because yeah. they're such a good, consistent of performance. Yeah. But yeah, it's, uh, and so much of it is on the opening weekend and the momentum of winning or losing your opening match. And obviously Paris Friday night, Wales, France, whoever wins that becomes real title contenders and if Ireland beat England they're, they're cement their status as favourites but if England win then with three home games to come in a row they're hot favourites mm. uh, a lot of it comes down to momentum and opening weekends you don't tend to go on and win the title if you lose in the opening weekend This conversation changes on Monday doesn't yeah. it because of what yeah. happens yeah, 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 we have a completely different landscape after Paris and like just imagine the mood of England if they come to Dublin and win mm. you know, it, everything changes for them their whole uh, look towards the World Cup and because to, to beat us would require probably Tuolagi and Vunapola to really just power over the game line mm-hmm. so it'll be interesting to see if they can do it Let's start with us uh, I saw a line from Rory Best indeed at, at that uh, quote trough that you, you were at the other day Jerry. where um, I think I presume people were kind of going you know is the, the favourites tag going to hang over Ireland and whatnot? and he said something along the lines of well last year we were favourites in our own head anyway uh, but it's just that, that now the kind of the hype train is kind of caught up um, Ireland go in as favourites were they favourites they weren't Bookie's favourites last year were they Trying to remember. But either way, but either way. Jo- Johnny Sexton said straight after the French game, mm. after round one, he goes, we realised that we were going to blow the Grand Slam here. So they discussed mm. winning a Grand Slam under Joe Schmidt before the tournament started. 
that's just an, a little a little insight into what yeah. the mentality is of these guys at the moment. I think the key to what the question is, though, Gav, is that Joe Schmidt, one of his greatest achievements in the history of Irish rugby is not only has he changed, helped change the way the rest of the world views Ireland, but he's helped change the way we think of ourselves. He started the lobotomy with Leinster and he's now carried it on with Ireland, whereby they become used to being favourites, where they, they, they no longer are the underdogs. So it is that for pretty much the first time in history, Ireland are the hunted ones by England. England are coming over to Dublin looking for an Irish scalp, where throughout history, it's nearly always been the other way around. And these players are quite comfortable in this setting. You know, that's why they've won 18 of their last 19 matches. That's why they're ranked number two in the world. It's why they've won a series in Australia. It's why they've beaten the All Blacks at home as well as in Chicago. They're just keep, you know, they, they live with this pressure. So, I think um, I don't think it'll bother them at all if they are favourites, perceived as favourites from outside. Eddie Jones has talked about. I think it's going to come down to coaching on Saturday in Dublin. Uh, Eddie Jones has spoke consistently about brutality mm. because this is what this sport is all about. But how and he's picked. He's definitely. He says it's his strongest squad. It's definitely his biggest. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're coming at them that way. So that means Joe Schmidt will not do that. There is a, obviously an unavoidable level of physicality that comes with Ireland play England in a Test match. Mm. But um, I think Ireland will. I think it'll come down to coaching. I think you'll see a, the two of them really pitting themselves against each other. What do you mean Iron will not do that? Like, surely if England bring bulk and physicality, that has got to be met to some extent? Yeah, of course it has to be, yeah, and it will be. Um, but um, I just think they'll play smarter. I think they have to play smarter against... Uh, this, this is almost the team that Eddie Jones has always wanted. You know, he's finally getting it because the Vonapolas are back. Because to a laggy, or well, Tio still might there happen or in the boat. centre. If or they boat. go then, those two as well as Farrell at ten, he's holding true to his word about bringing brutality, isn't he? Yeah, that's going to be uber physical uh, then. And then we, but and Henry Slade, Henry Slade has to be a, a consideration there yeah. as well, just because yeah. he's so slick. Slade against Ringrose would be pretty cool to watch. Selections are interesting because Ireland's team is so settled; it virtually picks itself, except now, for twelve, actually. Well, yeah, except for twelve, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if he goes Bundyaki because Bundyaki's played so many games in the last year. But he doesn't deserve to be dropped. Doesn't deserve to be dropped. Robbie Henshaw's only had one game since mm. coming back. It sends out a message. You know, I think you, last time out, you know, Ireland be, effectively last time out, Ireland beat the All Blacks. So it's going to be very closely resemble that team. Rob Carney's probably going to be picked, despite the fact that he missed two or three tackles the weekend. Four, and, I think. Yeah, looks a bit rusty. <laughs> yeah. Looks a bit rusty. Not ideal. Johnny Sexton has some. That's why he def- That's why he definitely gets picked, Jerry, because mm. he was so bad last mm. Friday. Because I haven't seen Rob Carney play two bad games in a row. Mm. I don't think ever. Yeah. Like, so, yeah. so he definitely comes back in. I think. But he's rusty, you know, mm. and uh, Johnny hasn't played. Johnny Sexton hasn't played in about four weeks um, we've discussed Conor Murray's form we still expect a big game from him on Saturday but you know yeah. he hasn't ripped it up like he can um, the second row's got a little bit thinner suddenly with no Tigburn and Ian Henderson there um, be interesting he'd probably go Alton to land the bench I think he might go Bundyaki and Gary Ringrose what do you think? Yes, yeah, mm-hmm. um, and, and I think Larmer then holds on, so Henshaw might just be kept at, kept back. Yeah, I, could, I know Henshaw would be a good sub as well in terms of he can t- cover 12, 13, 15, but Larmer's just an ideal number 23 mm-hmm. in the modern game. And you've also got Will Addison there, so that's becoming a very keenly contested position, which shows the strength and depth. Mm-hmm. By comparison, England are debating whether they bring back Mike Brown or not. Um, Elliot Daly's form has for, fallen off a cliff, so there's a big question mark in, in various areas in their pitch. They're going to miss Underhill from their back row, but still, as Gavin said, it's their strong strongest team the strongest team they put out in the autumn and they went pretty well so and also in the opening weekend there is no they should have beaten the All Blacks yeah. yeah and in the opening weekend teams are coming in cold it, it, it is more prone to 
an upset or two. It's mm. you know the, Ireland tend to be a team that goes better as a window progresses. A bit like Wales, you know, when, when most teams, I suppose, generally speaking, unless you're France, you can go off the your form can completely go off the rails. Or Italy, generally, a team will get better as the as a window progresses because they just become more cohesive, and that's certainly true of Ireland, isn't it? They generally finish windows very strongly. Yeah. You look at last year and the momentum they got from the first day in Paris and by the time they got to Twickenham they were even money favourites to win that game in England and really was the bet of the century. Besides midfield where they kept losing players they were blessed with a lot of injuries last season they won't be this year I don't think they'll go slam grand slam on grand slam Mm -hmm. Um, I do actually think they'll win on Saturday against England but this is the, the, the most logical game for them to lose but so without using much logic, because we're going to start talking about France, I think by round four, Ireland could be decimated by injuries potentially, which gives a real good insight of what's coming then later on in the year. And France might have found some mojo. It's a bit strong. Ireland never get decimated by injuries. Jason Cameron and the boys look after them too well. Their, man, their minutes are managed too well for them ever to get decimated. OK, yeah, but look at it this way. They, if you lose another couple, second row, there's real problems there. Mm. You know what I mean? You'd expect Byrne or Henderson to come back at some point, though, true, wouldn't you? True, yeah. We'll see. We don't know how bad Tykes Burns is, but yeah. And I haven't seen enough of Connor to be absolutely convinced of this, but apparently Delan has been in spectacularly good form of late, you know, and he's played a lot of minutes this year. I thought he hadn't because mm. he didn't start the Munster match when I was down covering it, but he's actually started more games than Quinn Rue and Gavin Thornbury. So his, he seems to have rediscovered his form and it st- certainly strengthens options. But he's picked ahead of Quinn Rue, essentially, yes. in this squad. Yes, yeah. so you'd like to see, you might think he might make the bench in yeah, and there'll be a lot of resting of players come Rome, I think. Yeah. That, that's going to be a different team. It would be very interesting to see how Joe handled this whole tournament. I mean, oh, we're getting away from the England game now, we should go back to that. But we, we, if if, he, if Ireland beat England and Ireland beat Scotland away in round two, I think that gives Joe Schmidt a little bit more room for manoeuvre, maybe giving Joey Carberry a start, mm. or maybe giving Jordan Larmer a start, or Will Addison a start. What do you think? Yeah, well, uh, lots of things. He'll, he'll rotate the front rows, he'll do all of that stuff. But like, Carberry has to either play a lot of 20 minute games. I think in this mm-hmm. like close off games in this mm-hmm. tournament or start one arguably two and it'd be interesting to see if he's used at full back he probably won't be but it's uh, it's an option that Munster have explored once and it's it certainly could potentially give another string to Ireland's bow yeah he's going to feature there but it, it, he's been what well, Munster have played him there for what 15 minutes yeah. he still scored a brilliant try yeah. but they've played him there only only fleetingly like so it's all about out half with them isn't it I think Ireland will, are, are rightly favourites to win this match in Saturday Gab because things like the line out are likely to be quite efficient the mauling's going to be very efficient there, there will be a general degree of efficiency at the breakdown throughout the game that you're just pretty much guaranteed with an Irish team They'll if there are any punches that have to roll with they will roll with them they've got Conor Murray and Johnny Sexton starting their 50th test together probably the best half-back barrier in the world certainly one of the two best when you've got generals on the pitch like that it, more often than not and Peter Romani and, and, and Rory Best there as well Ireland will probably make the right decisions at the right times in the game to I, get them over the line I definitely agree with you but Itoje would you take him ahead oh. of James Ryan right now at well, this moment in it's, time it's the second row Lions pairing it's definitely the second row Lions <laughs> it's pairing it's amazing if you do the win percentages of the two players they're slightly different Itoje you see him scoring tries in the wider channels for Saracens Ryan's more first off carrier brilliant first off carrier they're useless but they're wonderful players you're seeing the best two young locks in the world arguably along with Bro- Italic, obviously, but they're the best two unlocks in Europe for sure. Explain, lads, what difference Billy Vinopole would make to England. Not only did he carry the ball over the gain line, he offloads when he gets through the gain line. He's a brilliant decoy option. There's 
he is the great, he is the, the ideal number eight to have in a, in your team because it's just gain line everything in rugby is gain line early gain line and but he's got lovely little feet he's got lovely hands he's a very complete player you know he's very good and defensively as well I mean Gav's right the main thing about him is the go forward he just generates go forward for a team and that's gold in the modern game because so much of it is just like American football it's a scrimmage along the gain line isn't it this is a different if Tuilagi and Vullapola maintain fitness England are just another level like They're they 20, are 20-30% different yeah, it's completely it could, two players yep. yeah yeah, because yeah. but like, do you remember like we were carriers talk- like that are gold dust in the mm. modern game, particularly for a team like England. You like, know? Talk- like Tulagi and Vunabola have Eddie Jones has picked him for fifteen minutes in his three and a half years in charge because of injuries. So if you get them both on the pitch together, like Tulagi shocked the All Blacks. It's five years ago now, and he's twenty seven, but he he did. He was he he tore up the All Blacks on a test series down there and he was he tore them apart when under was it Lancaster we'd be going that far back when they beat them in Twickenham um, and he's creeping back into fitness now and all that like he's been absolutely cursed by injury you know his body and so if you if you get them all onto the, if you get these two guys onto the pitch and Vunapola's brother and Atoje it's a, di- a fine player too it's a, different, it's a whole different England team Jimmy George like, these are lions and it looks like he's made his decision there's no more messing around with the out half thing it's Farrell and yep. Farrell's the captain and and he's he's a such a de facto leader for them in so many I know he stayed close to the win there against South Africa with that late tackle. It probably should have cost him the match. But it shows you what a leader he's become for them. His decision making in the last five, ten minutes of games, the way he's so switched on, he's so so competitive. I mean, the reason that Johnny Sexton and and Owen Farrell will cross swords next Saturday is because they're so alike. They'll get in a fight. They'll get in a fight. Never tricking them last year, they got in a fight. They get on really well as Lions teammates. They work brilliantly together in second and third tests. They're effectively unbeaten, but put them on the opposite sides of the ball and they're they're, they're just so alike, so competitive they will have a go off each other they'll have to be a row in the first 15 minutes because they'll all be too knackered to get into a row after that <laughs> because it will be so taxing you know so I, I imagine there will be somebody somewhere will start something but you, you, you don't want to be starting too much of a fight with well, that English pack kick off and it's going to be perfect it'll be a good time be a cracking atmosphere uh, first, first 10-15 minutes are going to be very interesting mm. just to see if England can maintain what was in pretty impressive November by them you know um, yeah. now they, the, the loss they should have beat the All Blacks too like yeah the, it was Sam Underhill's well, try I think they've actually they've tweaked that law now that Sam Underhill's try now would have been allowed. He's a loss, isn't he? Underhill. Yeah, he but he basically He was playing now. Woof. Bath should have beaten Leinster yep. in the rec in December. Well, primarily because of him and Prima- Francis Lowe. Francis Lowe was excellent too, but the stuff he did, he was oh, easily the man of the match. And he was he, he, he like Van der Flyer and Levy were on the pitch and they couldn't get over. They were there was four or five times they couldn't get and secure their own ball. Like it was a big lesson for the, the young Ireland open sides that Underhill is the man, and now Underhill's just had surgery, so he's not the man. England don't have they have Clifford and Curry are the two sevens Curry, I think. Yeah. Curry's good good young player but they don't have um, Underhill special Underhill Flair will probably start and then he'll so. be on the bench Yeah, Sean O'Brien could well be yeah. because the Ireland hype train has been running at full steam for a while people have slightly forgotten that last year in the Six Nations we'd some major slices of look to win games you know the drop and the intercept try against Wales and all that have people forgotten the the tiny margins like it, the idea of another Grand Slam is slightly far-fetched really isn't it well, Ireland if, won three in history <laughs> and if we if we do lose against England how does the air come completely out of our sails or do you envisage Schmidt getting us back on track quickly and easily I think if Ireland lose their first game well you know it's very hard to win the title I think the last time it happened was 2013 Wales lost their first game ironically against Ireland 
who didn't win another match. Mm. And Wales then won four in a row to clinch the title. But it's a very hard thing to do. Um, it's glorified knockout rugby. Certainly, and obviously when it comes to a slam, it is knockout rugby. And you also see the benefits you get, particularly when you have to roll your sleeves up and get a win through 41 phases in the 83rd minute right. with a drop goal. Then it's just anything becomes possible after that, which shows you how fickle it is. And even then, Jacob Stocktail, last minute intercept try against Wales. Scotland left three tries behind them. Like a two and one with Hugh Davis and Stuart Hogg against Rob Carney was mm. one. They left two others behind. And um, you know, by the time they aren't got the last game against England, they were so far and away the best. But you invariably are going to have a tight squeeze and you're going to need a little bit of luck. Nothing underlines the luck you need more than actually winning a Grand Slam or winning a title. And you think back to 2013 and 14, the two titles on points difference, and there was loads of luck. And, well, you, and you just need luck. You have to have any, any tournament title winner has to get a bit of luck to win the Six Nations, I, don't you? Well, just the fact that you mentioned Stockdale there gives me a lot of confidence that they'll do it. You know what I mean? Like he, was, he did an interview on the weekend there and he turned around and he said, um, yeah, the only play was the intercept because mm. <laughs> Chris Farrell would come up and block the defence from doing anything else. So he goes, my only option was to go for the intercept. And you're like, well, OK, this guy knows it. So he'll, he he danced around Johnny May there a, a couple of weeks ago. And when we start to go through it, I think Ireland will get through England. You're right, though. If they, if they lose to England, championship's gone anyway. I, I think they'll... No, they could still win the championship. They could I, they could win the last four games. I, definitely, I, think there's a tri- I think there's a triple crown in the championship and it's going to happen on Paddy's weekend in Cardiff. That, mm. Because when we just start going through the lads, like Tyg Furlong, Stockdale, they're all hitting their straps now, you know. Like Carberry's been wonderful, you know. He's mm. going to come in. I'm, I'm sure... Sexton will come back. Um, I don't think that's bad. I think he'll come back, and he's got a. Ironically, he's got a little bit to prove now, doesn't he? Mm. Let's uh, move on to the other teams. Mm-hmm. Friday night starts on Friday night. Mm-hmm. Wales, Wales versus France. Uh, Gatlin and typically Gatlin is formed the other day. He says if we if we if we win Friday night, then you know we can do the Grand Slam. You can see where he's coming from. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, not hi- only everything history, we just history has, has not only everything we just yeah. said about the momentum of the opening weekend, but particularly Wales. Oh yeah, their re- their form of the regions doesn't matter a damn when it comes to the national team. It's atrocious. And very often Wales could be they were certainly back in the in the noughties, they were winning Grand Slams all an alternation with wooden spoons, wooden spoons yeah. and nothing in between. Yeah. And that is so Welsh. Mm. Because when they win a couple of games, they're chess well and they think they're the greatest rugby nation in the world. And when they lose a couple of games, it's the end of the world. So where they, they really are a rugby nation for yeah. starters. And that's all to do yeah. with their history gap, yeah. the golden 70s. Scotland's last you know, stand read, as well. They read, it's, it's, like, it's like the Brits voting for Brexit because they're an imperialist nation. Wales are an imperialist rugby nation. Yeah, yeah, the only yeah, thing they're yeah, imperial yeah, about yeah. is yeah. rugby. And they read it in their, in their school books virtually, you know. Yeah. And their names, Gareth Davis, you know, Barry John... Gareth Edwards so you just go on and on and on they're all okay. synonymous well, tell me we'll so talk about the names that they games, have now Lee Happeny's gone because of concussion Happeny is done problem. Falatau is a huge loss yeah that's that's, that's loss. as we talk about He's, Billy Vonapola yes, losing Falatau is, is, is a lot for them to have to kind of recover from they can cope without Lee Halfpenny. I don't know like Dan Bigger's a good goal kicker mm. Gareth Anselm's a good goal kicker Reese Priestman's a good goal kicker and they have a few options at full back Liam Williams is an outstanding player at full back as he mm. showed in the Lions they have a front row that can compete Ah, uh, yeah, Ken Owens is a seriously good player, and um, Samson Lee's there, and they're, they're, they're yeah. France have thrown in another spring, another Springbok who slipped through the net, and Paul Williamson. So they're um, they're big and strong. France on paper is still wonderful, like you know, to look at, but like <laughs> you just don't trust them, you know. They're like, staggering. They really are. I mean, like um, 
they've they haven't won a title in nine years. Mm. I think they've only been the top half once in those. Camille Lopez yeah, finished. Camille Lopez is their great hope. He's their ten. Yeah. He didn't play last season, and when yeah. he plays, they're a better team. Mm. There's no doubt about it. But who's a scrum half partner? I mean, Jean Baptiste Serrain looked the business two or three years ago, and then now Antoine Dupont looks the business, and it'll probably be du- Dupont and Para on the bench. Lopez. But look, I mean, Philip Saint-André in his four years in charge used 17 different halfback combinations in 45 matches. Um, Guy Noves used seven in 21 tests. Mm. And Jacques Brunel's already up to the same business in 11 matches. He's used five different halfback combinations. This is, this is insanity. But it's very French insanity. Like if they... You know, they are, that just by comparison, down? like Johnny Sexton and Conor Murray yeah. are starting their 50th test together on Saturday. Does that just, need Jerry, a settled halfback Does it just come down to the... To you know the old saying in, in uh, horse racing that if you think you have six derby winners in the yard, you don't have one derby winner. Mm-hmm. Is it just down to the, the, the absolute playing population, the, ma- the massive numbers that they have to pick from, and therefore they chop and change and well, throw until, this mud at yeah, the wall, that mud at the wall? It's always been the French space. way. This is not a new phenomenon. Mm-hmm. Until Freddie Michelac came back, I think their most cap out half was in around about 35 caps. Is that right? That's all. And scrum halves, they produce more goal kicking, um, you know, stylish, mm, super mm. stylish, playmaking um, scrum halves than any other nation in the world. And for some reason, he is their playmaker. It all goes through him, more so than the out half. But like, even if and we... So they produce tons and tons of great scrum halves. Like, we're looking at it here. Okay, Para, Dupont, Serrand are one of the scrum halves. Lopez. They can all play 10. Yeah, Lopez will play out half. Fafana and Bastro in midfield. Na- Entomac or Fiku to come in. Huge, Medard, Ramos. Yeah. I mean, Teddy, Teddy like Tomah didn't make All they have to do is get their act together. He's you know? injured. He's, He's a injured. loss. Right. Yeah. But yeah. Gail Ficou is reborn this year with Stade mm. Francais, playing brilliant rugby. Like, but they lost home to Fiji in November. Yeah. Like, you just wouldn't know with the French. Like, they're the team that if they won their opening game, Stade de France, Friday night, it'll certainly be set fair. That Stade de France is a much more atmospheric um, place and a, for a nighttime kickoff than it is in the middle of the afternoon. As we more so than most. Year, yeah. yeah, more so than most places. And uh, yeah, the French, if they win that opening game, could be very dangerous. They could be anything, as usual with the French. Like, the one thing we've learned about French in, throughout rugby history. Preceding form doesn't, is not necessarily any yardstick whatsoever. They can have a lousy November in a brilliant Six Nation or vice versa. Mm. And I'm not, I'm not, I, I'd be surprised if they finish top three. I just know that they could be consistent up over five games. Um, but um, it wouldn't surprise me either if Wales won that. And then if Wales win that, then France are in the horrors already. Brunel's under huge pressure. Um, what do you think, Gav? I wouldn't be surprised if Wales won it. Yeah, there's no logic to France, but I, I'm still the week they come in round four to Dublin is going to be fascinating. Fafana's going to quit international rugby after the World Cup. Um, if they just click, that's all it's all about. Pick them all, back in there, you know. Yeah. Like round, I just think and look at her. If Ireland get yeah. cursed in one or two positions, um, like specialist positions with injuries over three games, which is generally possible in what's going to be a really brutal Six Nations. France could be the team that kind of denies a Grand Slam or de- won't deny Ireland the championship I don't think but denies a slam and, and if Wales win then all roads lead to Cardiff from the last weekend <laughs> Patrick's weekend Wales at home to Ireland Ireland do not have a good record against Wales in the Principality Stadium even under Joe Schmidt yeah. won two of the last three it's a, it's a, that, it would be no surprise if come the last weekend the title at the very least is on the line for one or both of the two teams they did finish first and second last year the 2.15 game on Saturday is Scotland at home to Italy. Kind of an ideal start for a Scottish team that have been moving in the right direction and showing that they have something. 
They do have something. You know, um, Jerry mentioned uh, Finn Russell there, and he, him himself and Zebo have been wonderful for racing. But I was up in Belfast for the Ulster game. <laughs> he had an absolute stinker. Like he still threw two passes at probably he's one of the only people in the world who can do it for tries. But like he he missed all his goals. He kicked one ball dead. Uh, and yeah, so he can he still has the propensity to absolutely stink the joint out. Um, he'll he'll tear up Italy and all that. Italy actually are improving. We're not going to see it in the in the blue jersey, but there, Treviso, uh, Conor Shea, the work has done with Zebra and Treviso. There is work happening there and Conor Shea said it, he goes, in 10 years' time we'll be sitting in the stand having a beer watching mm. Italy improve. They just need to find a Pirlo or a Toddy or a, that, that kind of a version of an out It's half. an awful shame that Matteo Minuzzi is injured yeah. because he absolutely lit up the tournament. The best young back we've seen come out of Italy in the professional era. They just the young back. Brilliant. That's what they need. They need, they need He's injured. They need someone to carry them. The problem is they're improving but so is everybody else. Uh, that that actually uh, goes back to what I was saying at the start. Like, you know, this, this the- was a terrible year for Italy to be playing in the Six Nations because everybody is, is just on it. Their, their first game looks their most winnable mm. but it also looks their, their most must win. Yeah. Um, I think it's the first time they've had Scotland home in the opening weekend since their very debut in the tournament in 2000 when Diego Dominguez kicked them to victory. They've never had this, they've never had the Scots at home in round one since. Like Scotland. There's a big chance for them. But then again, if they don't win, where's, where's their sole win going to come from? Scotland in theory, and again, they'll be waiting in the long grass for us ne- next week as well. But Scotland in theory have never been so good. Glasgow, Edinburgh, both in, going into qualifying in Europe. Um, but if we had a situation where our, uh, Conor Murray was in Claremont and Johnny Sexton was in racing like they have with Laidlaw and uh, they, I think that we'd uh, like they have Laidlaw and Finn Russell like you know they've, so they've, they've lack of access to their main playmakers you know, that could be Funny, a problem I had a little Has bit of, I had a chat with Gregor Townsend about this at the Six Nations on, just, just had a chat with him about this I said come on look there's got to be benefits and there are benefits because they've only got two teams whereas Ireland mm-hmm. have four so a little bit of selective players going abroad like Finn Russell to Racing where it's probably going to make him a better player great experience for him Greg Laidlaw going to Claremont probably makes him a better player now the thing is everybody not just Ireland has learned from the Johnny Sexton example where he was flogged by Racing in that first few months there and Finn Russell had it in his contract that he'd be released from certain stipulated weekends outside the test weekend mm. and that included last weekend he didn't play for Racing the weekend just gone that's important and Townsend was very happy about that now Finn Russell is very much Gregor Townsend Mark II you can see that they have a very close relationship but no less than Joe Schmidt and Johnny Sexton he is his go-to man he would encourage Finn Russell to throw out that pass on his own 22 against England, like the meteor from outer space above Jonathan Joseph, mm. that was about 10 yards in front of Hugh Davis to run into, in what was undoubtedly the trial, the championship, yeah, yeah, or yeah. the year, because it was finished off by Finn Russell scooping a little pass out to Sean Maitland on the left wing. He is a wonderfully creative 10. I know Gad's a little hard on him. I know Gordon Darcy's a little hard on him. Donald Lennon's a little hard on him. <laughs> Most people are a little hard on him. He's a wonderful Not player, true. and he's also a very dangerous player. And yeah. Scotland and Murrayfield. They showed how dangerous they were in the Viva last season. This is a big year for us to be running to Scotland. But do you think of the World Cup? It's huge, and, and it's funny. And they're going to probably be coming he, off the back of a win. Well, he has blown it on the big stage a few times. They're not for a couple of years, but yeah. like it was that it was an England game a few years ago where he they oh, yeah. over in Twickenham where he yeah. was just didn't he actually played himself out of Lions contention that time. Well, they were calling for him to be dropped before the England game last year. I think Adam Hastings is a good and player he's too. Stuck with them, their, their runner right half is pretty pretty handy too. Hogs is good a strike fullback as there is in the tournament. Um, their their scrum is stronger than ever before. Um, they've got they they their problems their regions are going really well. Um, I think they're dangerous. They're <laughs> yeah. really dangerous. Like, and it's even it's even interesting. You were both saying, you know, this is um, Italy's best 
you know, Maria, best chance of a win, but, you know, where's their win going to come from afterwards? The handicap is still 24 points on yeah. Saturday. You know, yeah. like Scotland are expected to win this, are going in the right direction. Yeah, Scotland are going to win three well. games. They're not going to lose to Italy, I don't think, yeah. no. No. So let's get around to predictions then, lads. As winner, in, winner, winner, and well, wooden spoon is straightforward. We'll put it this way: Will will there be a Grand Slam? Who will win? And will any of the sort of top five teams not win a game? Um, I don't think there'll be a Grand Slam anyway. No Slam. Uh, Ireland win championship and a triple crown. And a triple crown. Yeah, so lose to France. They're going to lose one game. I think that's right. all it is. I just think they're going to get caught somewhere. It could be England. Could be France. Mm. Could be Wales. Could be Wales. Could, could well be could Wales. Be Murrayfield. But uh, it's particularly yeah, Wales have got something to play for. If they're still in the title mix as well, have they got a bit of momentum of their own? Yeah. The books will call that close to 50-50 game come the day if that's the case. Mm. But the thing is, we, you have to look when you look at Ireland because our minds have flipped. It's very hard to find where the loss comes from. Yeah. You know, because you've yeah. so much faith in their performance. You know, their performance level is going to be at a place that's going to be really close to winning every single game they play now against every single opponent. And because regardless they can, of who's on the pitch, and they they can sustain injuries, can't they? They certainly. Yeah, that's can. the big difference the to, to other years. They can sustain an injury in the, in the morning of a failed fitness test in the morning of the game. They can sustain a player going off in the in the warm up. And somebody will slot back in in a relatively unfamiliar position, and the machine just chugs along. They've lost two of the best locks in the world, Ty Byrne and Ian Henderson, and they probably wouldn't have got into the team anyway. So yeah, they're just they're going to be okay. like yeah, the, the squad is the great achievement of Schmidt. Mm. What he's done in the last three and years. It's just not a profitable exercise to back against a Joe Schmidt coach team. Mm. You know, and I also think that there's a Schmidt factor in all of this. It's an excellent coaching ticket, Malky, and that. Whatever the opposite of a dead duck is, uh, um, Joe Schmidt is the last of it. What's the phrase I'm looking for? A lame duck. Lame duck. Whatever the opposite of a lame duck is. Dead duck is a different thing. Whatever the opposite of a lame duck is, Joe Schmidt is it. Because mm. I think in his last year, he will become even more devoted to his job, knowing he's going to be walking away from it. I'm reliably informed at the pre-Christmas get-together in the Carton House, he tore strips off them, including clips of the win over the All Blacks and in the four wins out of four said you know starting things here weren't good enough mm. and standards weren't good enough he's, he's going it's to be really as exacting as he ever was that's a really interesting aspect of the whole year actually Jerry, because when people talk about lame duck managers in, in any sport when they get a sense of somebody who's out the door like Alex Ferguson was the, the sort of classic example Wayne of Pivak with Scarlet that sort of stuff players sort of start going right well it's the next guy I need to impress not here no that absolute there's no danger you know what of what happened Maliki no, 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 no. so on, on Friday the night is there as well anyway sure. yeah. on Friday night um, Jack McGrath and Rob Carney were denied a week of vitamin D and warm weather in the Algarve to go play for Leinster and prove their fitness like that just sends a, a rattle through the whole squad going so Dave Kilcoyne was like, I can, I can get in the team. You know what I mean? Mm. Keane Healy's like, yeah, okay, I'm going to hold on to my jersey. Everyone who can play fullback, and there's a bunch of them were thinking, going, God, Rob, I'm, I might have a chance here, you know? And then. Alan Blade, Jack Carty, yeah. Tom Farrell, and everyone the, the 27 in, players mentioned in the yeah, email, you know? Everyone in the squad sparks and goes, God, they're making, they're not bringing these two key players, two established Lions, to, to warm their training. They're making them prove their fitness. Mm. That's what he does, you know. He keeps everyone on their toes. Driscoll said it recently. He goes, "It was the only person I was never uh, comfortable with," and he was like the best player in the world when when Joe came in. That's what he does. That's his. That's the expertise of the man. I'll go Ireland for the title as well, but I see a Celtic defeat away from home, possibly. Interesting. Interesting. So time was when Ireland England at home was seen as Ireland's yeah. preferable itinerary. We've got to remember last year the top three in the table were all Celtic. 
Mm. Maybe there's been a shift in the balance of power to the Celts. Yeah, (laughs) true. We will watch with interest. We won't miss a minute of it. And uh, we will have ye uh, around when it suits us uh, to tell (laughs) us all about it. Uh, Jerry and Gavin, thank you very much. Thank you to Pat. Thanks, Mark. Cheers. And thank you to Declan behind the desk. And we will see everybody next week after it all kicks off. Cheers.